Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we have another episode where it was just me during the recording. I sat down with a gentleman named Gardner Douglas. He is known on the internet as the Oyster Ninja, and he's a nationally ranked oyster shucker. And uh, we talk about that, but we also talk about building a, a personal brand online and using social media to build up a community of peers. And uh, it was a really cool conversation. And I think you all are going to enjoy it very much. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody to please subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen. So every time a new episode comes out, it will be automatically downloaded to your device. Follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. If you want to contact the podcast for any reason, sponsorship, you want to be a guest, you have topic suggestions for any reason, you can fill out our online form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. The best way that you can help the Aquademia podcast, if you want to help us out, is by leaving a rating or review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I think Google Podcasts also has a reviewing system now. So whichever one that you're listening to us on, leave us a rating and review. That's right. We really appreciate everybody that's done that. So please enjoy this conversation that I had with Gardner and we will talk to you at the end. Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. We desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. So we are sitting down today, or I'm sitting down today, with Gardner Douglas, who is the Oyster Ninja. You may have heard that name or seen it online. Gardner, how's it going? Thanks for joining me. Hey, man. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad we were able to get you on. I talked. Did I reach out to you before the new year? Uh, Yes. Yeah, it was before the new year, and uh, we worked it out where this works for both of us. But yeah, yeah. definitely the uh, end of last year. Yeah. So Gardner has a a pretty strong online presence in the oyster community and he's a a what is it uh nationally ranked nationally ranked oyster shucker professional oyster shucker however you want to say it yep yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about that what that means and what that entails in a minute but he also has a podcast the uh oyster ninja podcast and uh, we're gonna talk about all of this and uh, what it means to have a voice and how you can become a voice within the industry uh, and your experiences with that. But before we do that, Garden, let's learn about you, man. Like, tell me about yourself. Where'd you come from? You know, what do you do? Well, yeah, you know, um, it was a lonely day um, where (laughs) Samuel and Mary, they met up one day. No, just joking. Um, (laughs) But no, um, man, I'm from the Eastern Shore of Virginia. um, So that's where like the seafood roots come from, Mm -hmm. uh, working on the water, which I did not. you know, I always joke like hard work. I'm not for it. So when a lot of people ask, like, how do you shuck oysters? I was like, this is this is like my Zen place, you know, <laughs> uh, along with podcasts. It's, it really is just common and cool. And it just leaves my stress. And I like figuring things out, which podcasting and shucking oysters, both of them, you know, it's always a puzzle, whether mm-hmm. it's figuring out what type of style I need to open this oyster or how I edit this podcast, you know. Um, but just, uh, I came from the Eastern shore. Um, I'm an army veteran. Um, and after I got out of the military, which I had already, um, started shucking oysters before uh, basic training, uh, I just wanted a stress-free job. So I started looking for oyster shucking jobs, which I was fairly good at at the time. And 
I found a Washington DC um job opening up in uh Rapid Rappahannock Worcester Bar. And I applied, I got the job. But funny story about that, I was actually in a um program called Military to Manufacturing. And after this uh program, you basically get like a heads up. Not a heads up, you get a, a little advancement. Uh if you go to a manufacturing job, they see you got the certificate and you know you can it's a better chance you'll get a supervisor job or a lead or, you know. Gives some, you a little leg up um, among everyone else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I was like on my final day or my final week and I just was like in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I just don't want to do it. So I, I, I was looking for jobs and on the testing day was the same day Rappahannock wanted me to stage. So I went with Rappahannock and the rest is history. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So what does it mean to be a national, nationally ranked oyster shucker? Ranked oyster shucker? Like, how, how do you get to that? Who, like, who comes and like judges that? Like, how does that, how, so how is that determined? Funny. How's it work? Every competition is different. First of all, like sometimes you have like past um, oyster shuckers who, you know, shuck professionally or in competition style. And then other times you just have like the, the the backyard boys, you know, judging these oyster competitions, which, you know, you want other shuckers to actually judge. It's going to be harder, but they know like, you know, what you can do to kind of, all right, let's get into it. So yeah. first of all, oyster, <laughs> it's it. hard to explain it without actually going into it. So oyster competition, uh, first of all, it judges you, majority of the competitions judge you on speed and quality. So you can be the fastest oyster okay. shucker, but if you're Oysters are like mangled and they had dirt and shell in it. It doesn't matter. Right. It's not, you know, it doesn't benefit you to just be fast. So, um, you know, the top oyster shuckers are not only fast, but they shuck a clean oyster. And shucking oysters, for people who don't know, is just opening oysters. But so the way I do it uh, in competitions, it's called hinging. So you go from the back of the oyster, you pop it, you disconnect the adductor muscle from the shell, which the adductor uh, is attached to the shell on both sides, the top and the bottom. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called a bivalve. And you try not to mangle the meat or um, get dirt shell in it. So they get your oysters, they take them to the back, and majority of time it's anywhere from two dozens to 30. um, And they take your oysters if they are Still hanging on the shell, you know, like even by a little string of a meat, it's it's points deducted, and those points deducted are is time added onto your final time. Right, you got to so be able you, to just pour that out, right? Say again. You got to be able to just pour it out of the shell, like you 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 shouldn't exactly. have to to pry it off at all. Yeah, so it's got to be completely severed from the shell. It's going to be still on the shell. No shell, no dirt, no debris, no blood. You know, if you cut yourself, you got to still make it happen or, you know, it's pretty much disqualified. Yeah. Wow. So uh, how often do these competitions happen? Like where, where do they happen? Is this, I mean, this is so fascinating to me. I want to go see this. (laughs) So for the national shucking competition, the nationals is held in uh, Maryland, St. Mary's County, uh, Leonard town, Maryland. It's held every year in October and shuckers come from all over the country. Uh, Maryland, I think far as west as um, 
I forget. I forget. But it's it's a Midwest spot uh, somewhere where you wouldn't even think about oysters. Um, that's Ben Wolven. Um, he has a his him and a few other shuckers that come from out there. Um, and then, of course, you know, North uh, New England oyster shuckers come down also. But everybody comes to Maryland. It's like a family reunion of shuckers. It's like a shucking convention. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we we compete and we, you know, have a good time, drink and, uh, you know, it's just a good time. Uh, that's that one. It's one. Uh, it's another one in Wellfleet, Massachusetts. It's another one in uh, Connecticut, uh, Prince Edward Island. And those are just some of the big ones where. So to go to win in Maryland. If you win there, you go to Galway, Ireland oh. to compete in the international shucking competition and every country sends a representative oh, to geez. compete. Oh my God, this is huge. I didn't know this was so big. <laughs> Have you gone to Galway? No, man. Um, now, what's the highest year, rate that you've gotten? My first year was my best year, and that was when I came in sixth place. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, I, and I, I credit that to, I was just shucking in restaurants, a lot of happy hours. Um, so my arms was in shucking skills. Slinging them out. Slinging, man. <laughs> Slinging oysters. Slinging. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's the best. Very cool. So you you have obviously slung many, many oysters. I'm <laughs> slinging them. <laughs> slinging, always slinging oysters. Um, I'm going to use that term as much as I can today. And you, uh, So you have a lot of experience. You've gotten very good at this. And you decided to share your love and your passion and your knowledge of this with the world. Uh, anyone who's interested, tell us about Oyster Ninja. How did that get started? Exactly. So Oyster Ninja was actually second. Oyster Ninja... Uh, was actually the podcast. Uh, once I created okay. a podcast is when people started calling me the Oyster Ninja. Before that, they were just calling me SS Shucking, which is the name on my Instagram. It's like, okay. And I would be doing events locally. Are you SS Shucking? And <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess I am, you know. And the name of SS Shucking actually came from uh, when I was working with my dad because he had uh, a small catering business also, but he called it Sam Sam Shucking Service. So when I came to D.C., he was like and I was like, it's it's just really I think I came at a good time in the oyster times. Honestly, I feel like being placed at Rappahannock, which was getting a lot of media mm-hmm. um, because they were like one of the top raw bars in D.C. Also starting an Instagram account when I did when you still could go viral off of a picture. Right. You know, which <laughs> which is yeah. crazy now to talk about. Um which I never went viral or anything, but I'm just saying. <laughs> and just being in the right time and being in the right place and treating people right and networking. Um, but he was like, well, the things you're doing in D.C., you need to start your own business instead of, because I was still going under Sam Sam Shucking Service. So mm-hmm. what I did is I just cut it short to SS Shucking Service. Yeah, like a boat. And it had the whole nautical feel and, yep. you know, so it worked. Um, and I started Instagram and people started liking me and I met other people. Um, but the Oyster Ninja. So what happened with that? I was doing a security job and this guy, my supervisor, had a bunch of podcasts. Um, Kim Blanchard, Black Man with a Gun. Um, but he he was like, dude, and I would I would just be telling him like, yeah, this weekend I met so and so and I I shucked for the president and I did this event at the Senate. And I was just, he was like, man, you got a good story. You should, I think people will want to hear this. I was like, no. He's like, yeah, I do. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I was There's like, an audience okay. for everything, man. <laughs> right. I was like, okay. Um, but I didn't want to call it SS podcast, you know? 
So we we just sat down, not literally, but we just brainstormed and came up with the Oyster Ninja. And then we came up with that logo, which is like crazy. I love that logo, man. Yeah, it's good. And, it's real good. And, um, you know, it just stuck. And people started calling me the Oyster Ninja after that, which is way better than SS. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So it's cool because, you know, we one thing that we talk about a lot at, at GSA is in I'm in the education department outreach and marketing and stuff. And so one thing that kind of always comes up is like, what can we do to get like new blood in the industry? Right. Like it's always like the graying of the industry and people, people in this industry, they, they don't retire. So, you know, we're, we're seeing that it's, it's kind of tough to get new people in the industry. And so this is like what you're doing is very uh, unique to like our generation. Right. I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but, um, Unique to I'm like thirty six, yeah. So you're you're like the same age as me. So uh, our generation, you know, we grew up in in an age where we are able to understand this very well, and we we can, you know, engage in the internet in a specific way that connects to people who are also regularly using the internet. And so, um, what is it? You know, what what's it like? What is this world, <laughs> the seafood industry in the internet age? Like, what's your experience been in this kind of realm that you've been doing the oyster ninja in well i think it's it's kind of crazy it's really i'm gonna be honest it's it's easier for me to market um the raw bar my raw bar service than it is the podcast um podcast marketing is so i i am just at a loss we have i've i have people that that market this podcast for me because i am just useless when it comes to that it's hard it's 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 (laughs) really hard um and it's it's so different from food even though I'm talking about oysters on both platforms, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it had, a lot has to do with attention span and a lot has to do with just, um, you know, because my lane is so small, you really have to be crazy about oysters. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, you're even but, more niche than we are. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. And but that's also the the, um, the beauty of podcasting. And having my own podcast, I can really make it what I want it to be. And it doesn't have to be just about oysters. So one week I can talk to a sommelier and, you know, we can talk about pairing oysters and wine. Um, The next week I can talk to a distiller and we're, you know, we're talking about whiskeys or vodka or any type of spirits. Um, Talk to nutritionists and it just keeps the lane keeps opening up. So that's what I love about my podcast and what's really helped me grow that audience is just connecting to those other lanes from my one, you know, area expertise. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the main thing is just, you know, to grab that attention and try and keep it, you know, for 5.5 seconds, you know? Yeah. Are you on any other platforms? Like, are you on TikTok or YouTube or any of that? Or is it pretty much strictly Instagram and the podcast? Um, YouTube is, is okay. Cause now they have shorts. Yeah. Um, so the way I kind of market that is or the way I kind of put it out there is um, I know YouTube is with Google. So I do I word my titles just the way I would do like a like you would do in your um, your Google search. Like, how do you shuck oysters? And I have a video, you know, and just like that. Or um, how do you eat oysters? And I try to uh, put that in with my title. Yeah. Interesting. So what is, on that note, what is something that you think that you found that a lot of people don't know about oysters, either shucking or eating, or or maybe they don't realize that there's different 
taste profiles and stuff based on where they're grown or anything like that? Like what, what is something that you found that people generally don't know about? I think, well, the biggest thing that people don't know, um, first of all, they can change between male and female. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is, um, of course, they can change between male and female depending on what their area needs. You know, mm-hmm. if they need more males, then it'll be a male. If it needs more females, it'll be a female. Yeah. So that's the biggest. And then also, um, of course, everybody knows, I feel like, or everybody should know that they filter up to 50 gallons of water. Mm-hmm. And that's their biggest uh, claim to fame. They, you know, they're, they're a water filter and, you know, they can save the bay and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. And of course, just being a natural habitat for our crabs and fish. So if we don't have oysters to um, start that ecosystem or be in that ecosystem, it really, uh, it makes it hard for the fish and crabs and the seagrass and everything else. You know, it's all a circle, you know, one thing affects the other. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I remember when I used to work at the aquarium, I did a lot of work with um, Kano stingrays. And we used to talk about how the the Chesapeake Bay was actually a big breeding ground for Kano's rays because of all the oysters they go there. And, you know, they can, there's just an all you can eat buffet for them. So it's just, it's amazing how, how big it grows the, the further you want to go out. Uh, everything based on this one, uh, this one specimen. So it's interesting. So that's cool. So let's, let's talk a little more about the podcast. What, uh, what is it about? What kind of guests do you have? Like you, you talked a little bit about some of the topics that you could have on there, but you know, let's talk about how, how you started that, who you got on, what's, what's in the future, all that. Yeah, for sure. So, well, the name of the game is just really, I want to bring people on. So let me, let me go back a little bit. I started a podcast one, because, you know, my buddy said it was a good idea. But two, when I was working at uh, Rappahannock, my buddy, John Bass, he was, uh, you know, we're shucking happy hour. And he said something to the effect that, uh, you know, this podcast got him through. He had an earbud in, you know, a headphone. And I was like, what's a pod? I didn't even know what a podcast was. And this was like in 20, 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's a podcast? Well, he was like, well, pretty much the way he put it to me is, Anything you want to learn about, you can find out about on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, that's the internet, right? <laughs> you know, like, it, it's, it's talk Google. radio that you can listen to whenever it works for you. <laughs> exactly. So, I, of course, my thing is oysters. I want to learn at this point. I want to, and I still do. I always want to learn about oysters, you know, and people in the industry. So I get on, I type in oysters. I don't think anything came up. I type in <laughs> um, Chesapeake Bay. I found a podcast that Chesapeake Bay Foundation, I think, had, um, but it was like real boring. I mean, like it was all facts and it was yeah. all straight talk and it was all monotone. And my voice isn't the best, but like that was like it was dead. <laughs> At least you got some you life know, in no, your voice. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> no disrespect. But like it was I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. So fast forward. To the podcast, I was like, well, boom. All right. I want to create a podcast that I would want to listen to. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Yep. I've been interviewing oyster shuckers. I've been interviewing raw bars and um, oyster farmers and anybody in the industry. Like um, one of my first guests, one of my first big guests was Ocean Conservancy. Mm-hmm. I had Ryan Ono on from Ocean Conservancy. And we talked about uh, ocean acidification, which I had never heard about. And I was like, why isn't more people, why aren't more, more people talking about this? This is very important. We're talking oh, yeah. about shell quality. 
We're we're talking about migration for salmon and lobsters. Like more people should be talking about it. So um, from there, I just I think that was kind of like one of my first branch offs because, you know, I was talking about oysters, but I was also talking about, like I said, the migrations and other things. So from there, I just, you know, made it to what I wanted to listen to, what I wanted to learn about. Well, if you want to learn about it, then there's someone else that wants to too, right? <laughs> exactly. Like we said, yep. there's an audience for everything. It's great. And that's what I've been going after ever since. Yeah. What's some of the most interesting things that you've learned through doing the show? Um, I would say most interesting thing, really, it's just, it's it's not a, a fact. It's more so because I'm also, I'm telling the oyster story, but I'm telling people stories also. And what I'm realizing is a lot of people are the same. You know, we, we. Mm-hmm. And then special people in this industry, you know, either we knew somebody that worked on the water or our grandparents or uncles used to take us out and fish. And it really affected us so much so that we decided to dedicate our lives to this industry. And it's a it's a, you know, it's a repetition, like story after story. I tell like, yeah, you know, it was this one time I went on the boat when I was young. We went on a family trip and I looked down and I saw reefs and i knew in that moment i wanted to be everyone's got that moment right yeah (laughs) you know yeah it's it's interesting like i i came to this from the aquaculture side of things because i studied aquaculture and fishery tech at um in school and then i ended up working at gsa which at the time was gaa the global aquaculture alliance so we were all about advocacy for responsible aquaculture and I started the podcast and I, I saw on the horizon, you know, we, we saw that we're going to end up doing stuff with fisheries too. So um, I wanted to make the podcast all about seafood in general, both. And mm-hmm. they, um, so we, from the, from day one, we decided we were going to do that. And so we had people from both sides of the industry come on. And the one thing that we learned is like that this whole idea of farm versus wild and like, this is bad and this is good. Like a lot of that is just based on the consumers who have nothing to do with the industry. Everyone in the industry, they don't care about that. They just want people to eat yeah. more seafood. And as long yeah. as it's being produced responsibly, whether it's farmed or wild, like th- that's just what they want. They just want more more of it being eaten. And so that's it's been fascinating to me to look at this whole industry through all of these different people's viewpoints. And it's just great. This is like, it's, podcasting is such a, a selfish thing, right? Because you're just, like you said, you're making the show that you wanted to hear. You're talking to the people that you want to hear information from, right? Mm-hmm. It's really all about you, <laughs> but other people gain <laughs> from it. And so like, that's that's what's so great about it. And um, I think you're doing a great job and, and I, I love the show and I'm excited to hear more. And uh, I, what, what's what's in the future for it? Um. Well, I want I want to hit one thing you said uh, about that farm and wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started, I definitely I wanted to get like uh, you know, because one thing if you I got a couple buddies who've gone viral, and they said uh, both common, like they said that it wasn't really the content that made them go viral. It was somebody in the comments that were arguing, mm-hmm. and it showed the algorithm that people wanted to talk or you know that people wanted to see this. But anywho, so. In the beginning, I wanted to get like a uh, oyster farmer and somebody who was wild harvesting, you know, on there. Mm-hmm. That's never been the case. Nope. 
You know, it's never been the case. The like, like you think it'll be controversial, but it's really not. Like the people within the industry don't care. They're just like, yeah, there's plenty of. We just got to make enough seafood because there's so many people. They got to eat. Like fishermen yeah. can't do it all. Farmers can't do yeah. it all. <laughs> we need everyone out there. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry that you weren't able to get the controversial episode that would go viral. I know. You know? <laughs> I'm. I'm still. Well, every now and then I get lucky with um people go crazy over flipping the oyster, like as an oyster shocker. Yeah. Um, it's like a bartender so, that does all the tricks and stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> so when you shuck an oyster, it's my belief that the way you open it is the oyster should look like the shell just lift right off, right? Mm-hmm. A perfectly shuck oyster. In some places, they want to actually flip the oyster over, turn it on the belly. So okay. it, it's plump. Yeah. Um, so that's like a, a, tr- a topic they always you know, gets a lot of attraction in the comments. And then also um, when I get people talking about like what sauces they like, um, there's arguments like, well, I'm a purist. I don't eat anything. Um, I only like lemon or mignonette or horseradish. I I pour raw seawater on top of it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) So that's always good too. Um, So it's like stuff like that. I just know with social media, it'll get the ball turning like my, I love analytics. Yeah. I love analytics. I love looking at it. I don't know what it means, but I love looking at it. Um, <laughs> when you see the, the the lines going upward, it just makes you feel really good inside. It makes you feel good. <laughs> I told you, it's selfish. It's all about us. Yeah. It's all about us, man. I always wanted to be the cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it it but, is funny how, uh, you know, we, when you do encroach, if you do find yourself talking about anything that is could be con- con, um, construed as slightly controversial, it's crazy how quickly that stuff happens. We did our most downloaded episode by far is we did one talking about Seaspiracy and we were kind of mm. attacking it from the like, this is the truth about these types of documentaries. And, uh, you know, and we got people who were asked to be on the show and we're not on there and like the, some behind the scenes stuff. And we just mm-hmm. kind of revealed it all. And man, we were getting like physical threats on Twitter. Wow. We were getting all these very vulgar statements about us being these like stupid kids who don't know anything. And then they got Please very graphic and nasty. And we're just like, <laughs> OK, like all we did was talk about the truth. And it's just crazy. Like when that stuff happens, that's really yeah. probably the closest thing that we've had to going let's say viral. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, it's interesting how you can you can approach these topics and you're protected by the internet, which is like dangerous for a lot of people because they say whatever they want. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's true. Yeah. So, it's um, true. so what are you doing now besides Oyster Ninja? And uh, you know, sh- are you shucking at a, at a raw bar somewhere? Like, what no, is, what so, is your job? What's your day job? Uh, so actually, day job. Thank God for the military. Um, I got a government job in Washington D.C. I'm right here. Okay. Um. So, you know, I thank you for your service, by the way. I meant to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, So I I got a government job and, um, you know, it takes care of the family. And, you know, the goal is to get back shucking full time. I shucked full time before I had kids. Mm -hmm. You know, my kids now are seven and three. Um, So I want to get back to where I can shuck full time again. Um, But. I say that, but I also want to podcast full time. Yeah. So that that's the real goal. If I could podcast full time, just talk to people and maybe take trips to oyster farms and you know, who the the world is endless. Yeah. Right? No, for sure. Yeah. Um, but the that's so that's the goal for the podcast is just to keep growing, 
keep putting good content out, keep talking to good people like you, um, you know, just learning and expanding that that lane, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, let's keep let's keep talking. You know, let's do what we can to help each other for sure. For sure. Um, do your kids eat oysters? Have you gotten them to eat them? That's what I wanted to say. You you were talking about one of your most viral videos. One of my more viral videos was my daughter. She wasn't even really eating oysters. I kind of made it look like she was eating oysters. <laughs> but what she was doing is like drinking the juice out of the oysters. Uh, and that was like, uh, not this Christmas past, but the last Christmas. And that just went crazy. Like, I didn't even realize that it was going crazy. It's like, you know, you just looking and like, whoa, you know, what's going on there? Yeah, wait, what's the, is that number real? That doesn't seem real. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's been like one of my more viral. But yeah, uh, they both started, well, we started our kids early, Yeah, you know, eating steak and going to restaurants and stuff like that here in D.C. Just because we didn't want to be that parent with their kids on the floor, um, you know, kicking and screaming. Uh, that's so me. they're yeah. they're very expensive. <laughs> but yeah, they eat oysters. Um, every now and then. Yeah. More salty oysters that I think they just like drinking the juice. Yeah. I haven't, the liquor. I haven't even tried anything like oysters. I mean, the most we can get is fish sticks and we call it chicken <laughs> for my kids, you know, <laughs> my kids are just not adventurous eaters for sure. My youngest one who just turned two a couple of days mm-hmm. ago, actually last Thursday was her second birthday. She, um, she loves shrimp and lobster. She'll eat an entire lobster roll to her face. Which is is it's making me hopeful that I can get her to kind of if I can keep giving her that stuff that she'll be a little mm-hmm. bit more adventurous with food. But I, I don't think my other ones would even they would look at it and just think it's a giant booger and just go vomit somewhere, um, which well, is also hilarious thing, and would probably be a good viral video, too. Right. <laughs> right. The same thing I do for my kids. I do for adults like when I'm doing a um, raw bar. Um, so I didn't say so. Yeah, I do like pop ups at like breweries and Mm -hmm. got one this Thursday at a cafe. Um, So I do pop-ups like that. And I also do like oyster catering. So like caterers are hiring me or, you know, the people themselves are hiring me to come in, set up in their backyard or house party or wedding or something. um, Just deliver oysters on on the half show. But that, but um, when I'm doing my pop-ups, you know, I get a lot of newbies. I love talking to newbies about oysters and trying to get them to eat oysters. So what I do, um, first of all, I ask them, you know, are they allergic to shellfish? Because that's important. That's probably a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then next I asked them, do they like onions? Um, so I wasn't even a big oyster fan when I first started. But what got me really loving oysters was onions, a mignonette, basically. So either chopped shallots and uh, vinegar or um, red onions chopped mm-hmm. and vinegar. Either way, just it's a vinegar base. And that little bit of texture changes the game yeah so that's the way i get new people eating oysters i start with a small oyster give them a little bit of mignonette um for kids they don't really like the onions or vinegar so i might go with like a a cocktail sauce or Mm -hmm. something and that really helps break the ice at least to try it yeah yeah interesting I may try it. Maybe this summer we'll go out for oysters and uh, I'll, I'll try yeah, it. do it, man. My wife and I love, I mean, we are all about oysters. We, mm-hmm. any chance we get, we, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's, you know, this much for a dozen oysters. And we're like, can we get a dozen oysters? Yeah, maybe another dozen. Yeah, maybe right. another half dozen. <laughs> you know, you kind of mm-hmm. just keep going. Um, do you have a particular, like a favorite oyster? I don't oyster. really, yeah. I don't yeah. really know what the category would be called, but uh, favorite. So for me, um, first of all, another thing I do for people at my raw bar, I let them know that every oyster 
taste different yeah. depending on where they harvest it. Mm-hmm. So a Rappahannock, Virginia oyster is not going to be the same as a sugar tick um, oyster from the Eastern shore. Yep. Even a sugar tick oyster on the Eastern shore compared to a Bayside oyster on the Eastern shore is, are going to be night and day uh, because one is on the Atlantic ocean, one is on the Chesapeake Bay. So it's salty and sweet. Mm-hmm. And then if you go start talking about like Rappahannock river, it's going to be more mineral. So all of these things, um, you know, depict the taste of the oyster. But as far as me, my favorites, uh, I like one on the Eastern Shore called a Ruby Salt. It's like the perfect blend of sweetness and saltiness because it's right there on the tip. Yeah, we went we went to a, a seafood restaurant down in Maryland a couple couple visits ago when we went to see my wife's family, and they had a bunch of different oysters from Chesapeake, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we tried a bunch of different ones, and I think that was one of them. Ruby salts are really yeah. good. I know that, that it's a small a farm, and he he doesn't really. So he doesn't. I don't feel like he wants to be like one of those big name oyster companies. No, maybe um, it wasn't, but I, that name the name definitely rings a bell. It could have been. It could have been. I mean, like in this area, you might find it. Yeah. Um, but I also like a West Coast oyster. I like the Kushis and Kumamoto's when they're fresh, though. Like I, I'm talking about like you gotta straight be out of water. You got to be on, like, the, on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just those few days in travel can alter the taste, mm-hmm. not for a bad way, but just for what I like. Um, I like them extremely fresh. Great. So, yeah, this has been awesome. I'm really this. This is a great conversation. And I love I loved learning about like all of the competitions and stuff. And, and this is a world that, you know, we, we can nerd out about for a long time. Um, but I don't want to waste too much time. I know you said you got a lot of time, but, uh, you know, it's it's precious. And I appreciate you spending the time with me today. What uh, what else do you want to get out there before we wrap up? You know, what is uh, what is the, the message that you want to send to our audience? You know what? Let's let's do this. People are like oysters. You know, you can't judge them by the outside, the outside shell. It's really what's inside that matters. And everybody is different. You do have some bad oysters. You do have some bad people out there. But majority, I I like to think are good. So that's my message. I love that, man. That's great. Thank you so much for that. What's uh, What can we plan on seeing from you for the near future? And uh, what's the best way to, for people to contact you if they want to talk to you? Yeah, for sure. So, of course, if you want to uh, sponsor a podcast yeah, episode, there you go. <laughs> um, the the email or just reach out to me. That's fine. If you got more questions about oysters, we can nerd out. Yeah. Um, the email is oysterninjapc at gmail.com. Uh, you can find my mobile oyster bar on Instagram at ssshucking. ss.s.shucking. ss.shucking. And the uh, podcast Instagram at oysterninjapc. Awesome. Thank you so much, man, for joining us. And uh, we'll make sure that we link to the podcast and your social media stuff and all that in our show notes. But um, I really appreciate you coming on and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Folks, that was my conversation with Garner Douglas, the Oyster Ninja. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something and I hope you'll check out all of the stuff that he has to offer online. 
please remember to subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen, so every time a new episode comes out, it will automatically be added onto your device. Follow us on Twitter, at AquademiaPod. If you want to contact us for any reason, fill out our online form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And as we mentioned at the top of the episode, if you have any interest in supporting the podcast a little bit more than by just listening, then leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you choose. And if you like what we do and you want to be more involved, you may want to consider becoming a member of the Global Seafood Alliance. All the information about that can be found at globalseafood.org slash membership. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Bye. Bye.